Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, hey, everybody. This is Stacy. We are pre-recording our show um, I don't know what date I'm going to air this because I can't math it right now. It's not right now. It's the 7th of November, but this is going to play later. We're at QuickBooks Connect 2018. Uh, Woody's not here with me, but I have my friend Bryce Forney. He's going to help me do an interview. Um, and we have, uh, well, let's start and we'll have our guests introduce themselves. So Alex. Hi, my name is Alex Barnett and I lead the Intuit Developer Group. And Joe. I am Joe Lauer, and I'm CEO of Greenback. Awesome. So I want to thank both of you guys for doing this on such short notice. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Mindy. She's also here. Sit in the background, Mindy King. Uh, thanks for putting this together. I'm going to start a little bit. Um, I'm going to start with you. Uh, one of the things is I noticed a redesign with apps.com. What drives like that decision? What makes you guys say, oh, we need to, is it feedback that you guys are getting? What drives the redesign of the website? Two or three uh, different drivers for this time around. One of them actually was more of a, it's almost kind of urgent. Um, Google has changed their SEO algorithms, um, dinging sites that are not mobile friendly. Okay. And yeah. ours uh, was not mobile friendly. Okay. Um, and if you were trying to look at this on an iPad or on your iPhone or your Android phone, um, it was really kludgy. Uh, ah. So that was one reason. And of course, being you know, a critical property for us, um, we needed to get that fixed. So we got that fixed. So it's now mobile optimized, mobile friendly. Ah. Um, number two is um, we're going through a whole restacking exercise across the board and modernizing our technology stack. So that's something that we needed to do. Okay. Um, and number three is that it provides some uh, now foundational uh, work um, to take apps.com and the apps tab, which is basically the signed in version of, right. uh, of it inside of QBO and QBOA. Um, foundational work for us to be able to do a lot more interesting um, recommendations. Ah. Um, AI powered, ML powered, you know, connecting the right customers at the right time, at the right time with the right apps. Right. Um, and so a lot of that foundational work with the, with the drivers as well. So mm -hmm. those three things combine and sort of like, let's just get it done. We've got QBC coming down. Right. Let's get it ready for QBC. And over the next few weeks and months, we're just going to be keep planning on now on, on uh, adding more and more features and including back features that Stacey that you called out just beforehand <laughs> the list all apps page which the link has disappeared so I'm sorry about that we that's will okay bring it back uh, as soon as we can and make sure that we solve that immediate need for you well not just for me but for <laughs> other people too because the all apps is really helpful if you don't really know if you're new to apps.com I think going to see all apps is a really great way to see 
everything that's available and just kind of look at the big picture. So a lot of times I'll send that link to all apps to, or I would go and tell my clients, just go take a look and this is what the app ecosystem is. And we, Bryce and I do a lot of training. We do webinars and we do a lot of face-to-face -face training for Intuit. So it's really helpful to be able to go point that out for people who are, you know, that we're trying to get to move online and who are new to that whole ecosystem. And what a great example of Intuit's transparency transparency for Alex to mention that thing that was discussed just prior to when this started. And the responsiveness, which is <laughs> yeah. what I love. So that's one of the things, my favorite things about working with Intuit as a company is you guys are very responsive and you do um, listen to what we say. And it goes the other way, Stacey. You're awesome and the community is awesome at telling us what's not working and what could be better. And that's so valuable for us. Um, very vocal. Incredibly <laughs> valuable for yeah, us. We can so, work on our delivery a little better. But no, as a it, was, it, it, was, it was great. So we're, we're all in it together. And so that you just gave a couple of use cases that are great examples of how you're helping your small business customers understand what are the apps. And one of those views is, as you described, I want to see everything on a yeah. single page and, and sort by X, Y, Z. Beautiful. Thank you. You're we'll welcome. fix it. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. Thanks all around to everybody. Um, so, <laughs> can we sing now together? Yeah. <laughs> Hold hands. So, what else do you guys have coming on? So, obviously, you updated apps.com, but what else? What are some of the other new things coming from the developer team that you work with? Yeah, so we are about to unveil our new developer experience. Um, actually, if you go there today, you'll get prompted. If you go to developer.intuit.com, you'll get prompted with a, a modal that'll ask you if you're interested in checking out the new experience. And if you aren't, you can kill it. And you can go back if you do. Okay. And So you have it for the developers, you have a whole new... like. It's a, it's a brand interface. new end-to-end -end developer experience okay. that um, is where our developers, so Joe, for example, and his team would have gone there to find the documentation, get you know, access to the APIs, go through the entire publishing process. So we've revamped that, okay. um, re-architected our navigation, but really critically um, reorganizing our documentation, which okay. we know has been a real challenge for our developers. And we've also been introducing um, additional content uh, something called accounting concepts ah. and accounting concepts is this response to what we're hearing back from our developers which is oh my gosh all I'm trying to do is update an invoice I don't know how to do it I feel like I need to have a PhD in accounting in order to be able to figure out how to do a relatively straightforward thing and so accounting concepts is another way for us to be able to help a developer in an engineering team who doesn't know about accounting. Talk to Bryce and I. Right? Hmm. To just go Bryce and figure and out what is it that they need to know. What is it that they need to know in order to be able to accomplish that task from an engineering standpoint? And also, does it kind of explain like bill versus invoice, right? The vendor bill versus invoice? Because that's a very specific QuickBooks thing, right? You, you know, even with our clients, I have this invoice and then we have to clarify. Well, is it an, a, a, an invoice that you are sending to a customer 
or is it something that you've gotten from a vendor? And so we have to teach them that terminology, I think, a lot of times. And so it's really, I love hearing that you are doing this for the developers. So That's we, great. Yes. And, and just improve the learning curve. Just make it simpler. Yeah. Right. They don't need to know everything. And then um, the other piece is a uh, new API explorer that we're providing, uh, which is going to make it even easier. Again, the same use case. I'm a developer. I just want to see the invoice entity, what data do I need to get back and, and send in, what does it look like. And then what's really nice and kind of innovative around that is UI integration. So inside of API Explorer, there'll be a little button you can click, which then will open up the precise window inside a QBO where that entity will appear oh, in your sandbox cool. environment. So now the engineer is able to start doing the mental mapping between what's the end user experience within QBO and how does it relate to back to the data model uh, and simplify that learning uh, uh, process for the developer you know, as well. I think we'll, uh, when we want to play around with the API, I think that'll be awesome. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to like mess around with stuff right. real quick. Yeah. And so that's a great tool. That's, that's awesome. awesome. So you guys haven't had a chance to use it then? Are you? Are I you? I think you've launched. Uh, no, it's it's still. Oh, okay. Should be fully rolled out. So okay. we're starting to um, allow some developers to be able to play with it, get some early feedback before we really roll it out to the general uh, community. I mean, I noticed the UI looked different, but that's not the full developer experience yet. No. Okay. No. Accounting concepts. Does uh, is it just documentation or is the API? actually change too. It relates to the API. So we, we, we speak about an accounting concept as we just talked about, mm -hmm. and then it'll provide the related um, API reference documentation so oh, that okay. you can then get back to that entity precisely and then to the API Explorer. Okay. Uh, so it's all about simplifying and mm -hmm. speeding up and improving the developer productivity. The yeah. developer, like, Life's hard enough without yeah. having to try and figure out, you know, deep accounting concepts. Yeah. So, talking about developers, pretty much anybody that has an idea for an app and the means to do it can can develop an app that talks to QuickBooks, right? Like That's if right. we decided we had the most brilliant idea in the world, Bryce and I could develop an app and go to is it developer or developers dot Developer dot com, or if you just Google uh, Intuit, Intuit developer. developer. Uh, you'll, you'll land there. But that's why we have the hackathons. Ah, let's talk about hackathon. That was like last week, right? That's right. We kicked off QBC with a two-day hackathon at our house at Intuit. At the Mountain, mothership. At the, uh, the Intuit at the, yeah, mothership. At the uh, Intuit campus in Mountain View. We had 220 developers show up. 220? That's crazy. Wow. Darn. Wow. 220 developers show up who formed then um, 35 teams to then pitch their idea for an app, and we gave away $5,000 to the winners. That's awesome. And it's a combination of CS students, MBA uh, students, entrepreneurs, uh, accountants, pro-advisors, existing developers that are thinking about another idea, and... They crank for basically 27 hours nonstop. We feed them. We provide them beer, caffeine. food, tons <laughs> of caffeine. We provide them dinosaur costumes. We provide well, I saw them that. drone races and robot races and all the rest of it. And just make it entertaining and fun. Right. But ultimately, you know, the goal is build an app mm -hmm. or create an app that connects with QuickBooks or one of our 
third part, uh, one of our API partners, Google was there, Box was there. Oh, cool. A couple of others, uh, Nexmo, um, Clarify, and build something that is going to solve a real meaningful problem for a small business, share it with the judges, they'll get excited, they'll select you as the winner. And this is the fifth one that we've done now in yeah. Mountain View, or um, yeah, in, Mount, in, in San Jose, keeps getting bigger mm -hmm. uh, each year. We had one in Sydney earlier this year. We had one in London in February. Two of those, um, the winners from there, were born as concepts and turned into companies. Two of them showed up into our app showdown uh, oh, contest really? That's awesome. earlier this week. And so what's really exciting about that is that we're building out this innovation pipeline. Right. Well, folks, going back to what you were saying there, Stacey, just to kick off this part of the conversation, it's like, you know, if you and Bryce have, have an idea about an app, right, a hackathon is a great way to be able to really focus in on the problem, right. get the technical support of everybody that's there, because you're going to ask a whole bunch of questions, right. and get to a certain point with purpose and be able to demonstrate and as a way of right. being able to do that. And anybody, back to answer your question, anybody can go to developer.intro.com and build an app, integrate it with QBO, and then go through the whole publishing process and then eventually end up as an app on apps.com. That's you know? awesome. Um, have you ever used a sandbox? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's one of the best features of... I know. Well, I have a question. Why have you my... to five? Why is the... You only have five sandboxes. Because well, six would be too many. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I don't know why. You know what? I, I end up having a lot of emails. I have to sign up like 20 times. For, uh... How many would you want, Joe? Unlimited. Unlimited? Yeah, why, why any limits? <laughs> I think, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to make up an answer. Well, you can't delete I, them. Is the, actually, I, the I, I don't oh, you can't know. delete the sample. So you use up your five and then you toast. you got to um, create another email. And create oh, five. okay. Yeah. It's a... Uh, and that's, that's uh, I mean, you guys are serious, right? You're on our platform. Yeah. You're doing real serious developments and all the rest of it. I think probably one of, and I'm guessing here, but I suspect it's something to do with resources, um, literal compute resources, yeah. that um, there's probably some kind of limit that we provide. Have you asked if you were able to get more? Oh, there, there's FAQs about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see that offline. I'd be interested in seeing if we can up the limit on that. Yeah. Not just for you guys, but I'm just kind of interested just in, in general. Like, why do we yeah. have that limit? I, actually, I bet what most we... developers have the same thing. They yeah. create a bunch of emails. Yeah, but it's probably to keep the people who don't re aren't really serious about it. Like you were a featured app, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Greenback was a featured app. You're, you know, not just messing around. Like, sure, sure. You know, yeah. it's your. So maybe it's to keep. Keep things legit. We don't need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So, app showdown. Let's talk about the winner and what does the winner? What does that app do? The winner is a <laughs> is a um, app that got published on our web on um, on our app store um, in since August. So there were 120 apps that got, went live. Um, on our app store since August. All of those qualified. 120 to to, since August? Yeah. Like a couple months ago, August or August of 2017? Uh, August of uh, 2017. Oh, I was going to say, holy shit, that's a lot of <laughs> yeah. apps in two months. <laughs> yeah. And each of those then um, are qualified to enter the app showdown. 
contest. And then we have a whole process of accountants and customers going off and voting for um, which ones right. they think are the best. And 10 finalists then make the app showdown. Right. And they get invited to QBC right. to pitch three minutes each to our judges in front of a live crowd of accountants and small business customers That's and tough. intuitive execs minutes, and all the rest of it. And it's we hard get to them, get stuff across in three minutes. We, we, we do tons of coaching with them and mm -hmm. rehearsals over weeks and weeks and weeks to help them fine-tune their pitch, get really boil it down to the essence. It's hard. It's nerve-wracking for them. But they get really excited, and it's a big deal. We get to celebrate at the end of the day. They're all winners, really. But um, one does need to win in the end. And, and they so, get what do they get when they win? And they win a hundred thousand dollars to help them grow their business. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and so we announced that at main stage, Sasan um, announced it. Everybody. Uh, celebrated, they went up on stage, and the company is called Give. And what Give does is it's really it's a it's a really cool app. So small businesses want to be able to provide uh, donations to charities, mm -hmm. um, and they want to do that on a regular basis. But there's no easy way for them to be able to do that. Okay, and that's the problem that Give solves. Okay, so you as a small business owner mm -hmm. can. Um, use the app connected mm -hmm. to QuickBooks mm -hmm. to then select what percentage of your monthly revenue you want to donate to a charity of choice. Typically, it's about 1%. Right. And what the app does then is calculate what that percentage is because it's looking inside a QBO. Right. And then through payment processing, automatically then sends, payment. sends the payment direct to the charity of choice. So it can be whatever charity you want. Uh, yeah, I think they've got um, it's several thousand charities okay. on their platform to be able to select from. Okay. And what's also nice is that you will get an email mm -hmm. as that small business owner a couple of days before it happens to say, hey, this is what we're going to send. If you're still comfortable, don't, don't do, do anything. anything. If you want to change it for this month, like things a little dry on the right. sell side of right. things. <laughs> I, may, I, may, I may skip it. Right. I might make, make it make it 0.5% instead. Right. Or no, I'm having a glorious month and I'm feeling very generous. I'm going to bump it up to 3% for this month. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's awesome. And uh, and it provides the kind of capabilities that companies like Intuit, for example, is, you know, we, we do lots of, uh, right. you know, do good stuff, right? right. And charity. Like we have infrastructure and a whole bunch of people taking care of it, the rest of it. Not for the small business. Right. So we make it dead easy for them. And what's really nice is that all the tax calculation is done for you at the end of the year because it knows what that you've it, given. There you go. So this is really great because I actually have a client in Chicago who he has a separate checking account that he calls his tithe account. And so he takes he has an automatic transfer from his operating account every month to put into that so he can use that for charity purposes. Right. So this is like perfect for him because he's got all this money and he's like, I really don't know what to do with it or how to get it to whatever charity and I don't know which charity. So this is perfect for him. I'm really excited to hear about that. I can't wait to tell him. So that was good. And they're the winner of the app show. So they get a hundred grand to do this. So they got $100,000. And Freaking when Sasan awesome. asked them what they're going to spend it on, he said cheeseburgers. 
Yeah, he really begged the question a few times, but Sasan drove right in. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, no, really. I love that Sasan was like, no, really. What are you going to spend it on? So, and he did say marketing and development. In so, the end, he yeah. was pressed. Yeah. He was pressed. That's a really hard situation, though. You're on stage in front of 4,000 people. Yeah, and a lot of people. Yeah, and you're like, what are you going to spend it on? It's just like, I'm going to Disney World. You know, like, <laughs> what are you? I totally get, like, that stress level. So I know so, you had a question. Yeah. So we were talking. had mentioned yesterday now 600 apps at apps.com. And for the pro advisor community, while it's great to have all of that choice for those vertical market solutions, it can be overwhelming, especially for somebody who's new to what app do I choose? Are there, is there um, data available in terms of, I think pro advisors would be comforted to know that of all the apps that are out there, maybe 20% of them are getting 80% of the use or something, just so that I'm not thinking as a pro advisor, I need to be an expert in 600 apps. Or some, can you speak to the... The connections, like where are all the connections and the subscriptions? Yeah. Like is it a small percentage that has the majority or is it evenly spaced, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question around um, and if you can't tell us, it's okay. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, if you're like not allowed, I don't know if it's like internal. The, the, the distribution of connections, um, frankly, will happen with the very largest partners that are on the platform. Right? Right. The obvious candidates. I mean, you've got millions of PayPal uh, customers out there. You've right. got millions of customers on these large platforms, and the, the natural overlap that occurs is pretty significant. That makes sense. And then depending on which industries you're talking about and then which geographies you're talking about, um, the distribution um, you know, kind of looks like the, the classic long tail uh, across there. Okay. What pro-advisors do, back to your point though, Bryce, is want to know, the pro-advisors and the accounting community is, which ones can they trust? Which ones do they know are going to really solve the problem well and not cause more headaches? Right. And worse, make the pro advisor um, potentially lose trust from the small business because right. they've recommended an app that isn't fantastic or is causing problems. Exactly. Um, there's lots to do and lots of opportunity for us to do that. We're working with the um, Arisha's team, for example, who's yeah. the accountant. Uh, the accountant segment. We work with pro advisors. We work with folks like Stacy, with um, Heather, um, and yeah. others who, as part of the community, are doing a lot of the curation, like the reviewing of the apps, which ones is working, right. and then we need to systemize that and make that even easier for the. I mean now hundreds of thousands of accountants right. on our platform yeah. to be able to have curated lists where they know that that app is going to be a good one to recommend, that they have their access to the education material to know what does the app do, why is it good, why is it different to some of the others. We can do things like, uh, and we do, recommended uh, apps and curated sets of apps through the Accountant Apps Program, which is now the reseller program that we have for accountants for third-party apps. Uh, a whole bunch of education and quality control that we do around that. We have accountant-ready apps for the rest of the community and QBOA apps hub. So um, to acknowledge, I think, the point that you're making, Bryce, that um, we need 
there's a huge opportunity for us still to do a better job on educating the entire accounting community about which are the right apps, which are the ones that your peers, other fellow professionals um, that really know their staff, that they are recommending yeah. um, to the rest of the community. Yeah, and it's good to hear that at least you recognize it is about that trust. I mean, that hits the nail on the head where we have to know, because we're going to be the ones that get the call if something's not quite right, right. with the small business owner. So at least that you recognize that. Yeah, and it's we've talked about this, and Heather and I talk about this. Heather Sander and I talk about this all the time because she writes she the last couple app training courses she's written. I've looked at it, and I we discuss this all the time. Her and I both really want to teach other pro advisors, other accountants, how to pick the process to find and pick the best one. But what it comes that what we keep finding is. At the end of it, we can spend 90 minutes doing a session or 100 minutes doing a session, and they just come back and they say, but which app should I use for this? They just want to be – a lot of them, not all of them, it's a sweeping generalization, but at the end, they just will say, just tell me which app to use. And that's a really difficult thing to do because not every app is the perfect solution. I mean, the example I always give is Expensify and Tally. They're both amazing expense reporting apps. And they both do almost exactly the same thing. Bless you, Mindy. Thank you. But like, I and I will present both of them to a client, and they'll say, "Well, Expensify gives us the reporting that we need, but the people that need to use it every day prefer the um, the interface for Tally." So sometimes it comes down to just simply what it looks like. So it's really hard just to say, "Use this one." I have one more question, and I want you to answer it, and then I want Joe to answer it, and then we'll. We'll start talking to Joe. And what is your, and I know I think I asked you this the last time we talked, so I thought it would be interesting to come back to see if, um, if that has changed, but your point of view on automation and how it relates to us as accounting practice uh, professionals and like the future of our practices. Like what do you guys see, just what's your point of view on that automation? And what we need to do, what you think we should as pro advisors should really kind of be focusing on. And so it's so interesting. It's just so related to the conversation we just had around this. So we fundamentally believe, and um, we're seeing it happen, that um, the economy uh, is getting automated. Yeah. And the layer of AI and ML as a next wave of technology as big and as profound as the advent of the internet and how that's changed the economy. Um, AI and ML are taking that to the next level and it's going to accelerate and the change is going to be dramatic. That will, we believe, and speaking to the accounting community, tell us that they have naturally concerns about the impact that that's going to have to their business. I mean, just to put it in the, the most basic, obvious terms, if I'm getting paid to do work that a robot can do, what am I going to do? And my theory on that is somebody always needs to babysit that app. I don't care what it is. A perfect example, I was talking to, um, I don't even know who it was, it was somebody the other night, at uh, the Intuit thing. I went, maybe David Bergstrom. I don't know who it was. But anyway, we were talking and I said, there's still you still have to have somebody looking at the stuff. And the reason why is we just had a situation where we down we imported the CSV into the bank feeds to QBO. 
And in the CSV, there were two transactions that never showed up when we went to the bank and just looked at the bank feed on the bank directly on the website. We even searched for the two transactions. So they show up in the download. So there's still that room for error. And that's what I'm talking about. Until we know that the banks never screw up and the app connection never gets broken or whatever, I think we really don't have that much to worry about for a while because there's you still have to have that a little bit of that oversight. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I think there is, though, just to counter that a little bit, Yeah. that time will come faster than we expect. I And I agree it's coming. And I think the... The, the, the challenge is going to be, um, for anybody actually out there in an economy where they are facing, effectively the, the work is going away because of full automation, is how do they then provide value at the next level, at the next layer? And, you know, Stacey, um, the pro-advisor community and the accountant community are incredibly well positioned to be able to provide that additional value to their customers as true trusted advisors. And in the space, the way that we look at it as in the, and, and from my point of view with Joe, for example, here as a third party developer, very good one, successful on our application, is how do we enable the accountants to play that role in the context of technology advisor as well? Right. Right. Um, exactly. And again, that's why we want to keep teaching people how to pick the apps. We don't want to just tell them these are the right. ones to use. <laughs> again, it goes to we want to teach them how to vet them, how to test them, have a criteria for what the client needs. How to get them set exactly. up. Right. How and, and, and what, what, you know, because that's what the small business cares about. I want to do less work right. around managing my finances and all the rest of it. If you as an accountant, as a pro advisor, are able to make awesome recommendations of amazing applications and it helped me get set up safely and in a way that's going to save me time and works perfectly for oh my, my business God, thank you pro yeah. advisor you know oh. just save me like two days a week right right or two days a month or whatever then i can now spend at home with my kids right instead of doing all that work of managing the receipts that's hitting me and 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 drive me nuts so that's how we look at the opportunity that the role and the evolution of the role. And we see how can we help our accounting community become those trusted advisors. Right. And ultimately, in the case of my, my perspective, one of those is how do we help them do so with third-party apps, connect the third-party apps to those small businesses. So yeah, and I, I, I think, uh, well, being at an automation app, I'm kind of probably helping push this along. Yeah. Um, I view... It is a tool. Right. Right? And you need to know how to use the tool. So you bring up AI, machine learning, et cetera. You still have to train it, though. Machine learning only works when you have a model. Someone's got to build the model, right? And so you do it by right. crowdsourcing things, or this person does it this way, categorizes it this way. But at the end of the day, every business is unique. And so right. I think that's where the pro advisor, bookkeeper, et cetera. Come in. I think that's the – and I actually think it – Cuts out all the the unfun stuff, and you actually get to focus on the the really strategic things. Yeah, that makes sense. And I almost think you provide more value in the end. You know, I you're think not so taking too. A picture, you're, not, <laughs> you're not you're not feeding a receipt in a scanner, right? Okay, and wasting ten minutes of time doing that. You're figuring out you know how to best get it on the books, or does it affect 
cash flow, et cetera. Right. You know, you're a little bit more strategic rather than just, uh, you know, doing something really repetitive. I agree. I love that. So speaking of that, Joe, yes. um, thank you, Alex. I really appreciate all your time. Kind of focusing uh, on Joe and Greenback. First, I want to um, tell us what Greenback is. What, what does it do? So Greenback uh, fetches itemized receipts, and we do it automatically from the source. So we don't, I mean, I, I hate to say what we don't do, but we don't do OCR. We don't uh, take photos and try to use yeah. humans to transcribe them. We think the best way to do it uh, is to just go get it from the source, mm -hmm. keep it electronic, mm -hmm. uh, and then get it into a great uh, format that you can use to do all sorts of cool stuff with. So I want to give an example. So to, to put it in perspective, like real-life scenario, when I connected Greenback, I signed up, connected my Delta account, mm -hmm. connected my QBO account. So what happens in historically, what's happened forever in my QBO is Delta comes in the bank feed. I have a bank feed rule set up. It automatically applies it. I don't ever see it in the bank feed. It's an auto apply, you know, auto add rule. It applies it to Delta Airlines. It applies it to travel. Gets posted. What you guys did was you went in and you connected to Delta, and you looked at all that stuff, and then you went in and found, Greenback went in and found all of those Delta transactions that were already in my general ledger. You added the receipt from Delta to right. the transaction, and you split it up into line items. Yeah, yeah. And gave me all the details about the transaction, the receipt number, like everything, so it was all right there. So it was... It's like the holy grail of data. There's it's literally freaking no brilliant. More. There's and no it, more data you can get. Yeah, and it's it's awesome. And it also does it with Amazon.com. So a lot of a struggle that we have, like Bryce and I have, is Amazon comes in and we have to go, we have to sort of rely on our clients to say, oh, yes, this was a business expense. Instead of, you know, like the other day, I ordered two bottles of green goddess salad dressing. Clearly because, a business expense. Clearly a business <laughs> expense. Right. But like with Greenback... It's going to look at that, and it's going to split it out. And so now I can see, oh, no, this definitely is not an office expense. Right. This should be posted to owner distribution, owner draw, yeah. if I'm the pro advisor. So I absolutely positively love Greenback. Is Greenback adding the source document after the fact to an existing transaction? It can. Or Either way. Is it? Okay. So, so we, spent, um, we spent a very decent chunk of time, actually, getting that to work. So... Uh, Either direction. You can do bank feed first in QuickBooks, and then Greenback will find a match, and then we enhance the existing transaction. Yes. Or the opposite, where you use Greenback first, and then the bank feed just matches shows a match. It. Yep. And then so it does it either way, which is so, freaking awesome. brilliant. I love it. Yeah. How did you guys get... You guys are Michigan-based, which yeah, I love. So everybody, uh, the audience pretty much knows I live in the <laughs> Enchanted Mitten, and uh, your My parents... My parents live right by you. Yeah, live yeah. right around the corner from me. Um, I know, right? I love it. I'm yep. so excited. Yeah. Like, how many apps are in Michigan? None. Um, I think we're the only one. Right, actually. seriously. Sure. So how did you guys get started? Um, I was between companies, uh, and I was uh, I was using QuickBooks, and I was downloading the bank feed, and it was Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. We've never seen that ever. ever. So then I <laughs> opened up a new tab, went to Amazon, and I'm like, Oh my god, they don't have a search uh, box on Amazon's order history. <laughs> so then I gave up and I went to Gmail and then I put the amount in, right? And then you know sort through and all this stuff. And then uh, Amazon doesn't include any information in the email. You know, they say like you ordered 
toilet paper, dot, dot, dot. Right, yeah. Um, so, you know, what do you do? So, uh, it just, it, it dawned on me that this is terrible. This is... There's got to be a better way. Like, everybody buys from Amazon. This must be a mass market problem. So, that's actually Stop what kind of inspired the, the whole thing. Stop the madness. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we started, uh, you know, toying around with fetching. Mm-hmm. And I uh, brought in a good group of founders, uh, like former Twitter people, former Yahoo people, and we were just, we kind of took more of an engineering, can we just do this? Right. Counting aside, we don't really, frankly, care about the accounting so much. It was more really interesting. <laughs> Neither do we. <laughs> just kidding. And, and it actually turned out to be a very challenging engineering problem. Um, we were shocked at how tough fetching truly is. I'm sure you guys know on the bank feed side. Uh Getting this data is very hard. It's not, you know, these companies, they don't, you know, it's, it's not easy. That's why everyone does it. Right. And, um, you know, we looked at some other solutions out there, and uh, I'm, I'm a big advocate. I still think taking a picture is a lot of work. Every small, actual small business we talk to, no one wants to do it. Nobody wants to do it. It's a, it's a pain. Bryce and I have this discussion about source documents Even forwarding emails is yeah. still work. Yes. Right? And then... You yep. still have to click it a couple times. Yeah, yeah. It's more than people want to do. You know, it's a communication problem to me, too, is yeah. that you have the account, you have forwarding, you have pictures. It's a mess. Yeah. So we thought, heck, you know, you can just set it up. You spend the time to set it up, and you can automate most of it. That's great. Yeah. That seems like a really good... Kind of value prop. I love people. it. So, so you guys were um, a featured app. We mentioned that, right? Yeah. What does what does that mean? You guys are featured, and we mean a featured app on apps.com specifically, well, not just in general. A lot of people ask me how we got into it, and I said, "There's no uh, no trick. You just uh, sort of you know into it, kind of curates the stuff." So um, you get told that you're going to be a feature app. You don't really. No, we have actually any... weren't even told. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> or not. We were at we were going to a Chicago we were going to a Chicago show. Hey, that's right. Yeah. And uh, we're in the car driving there because it was only six hours and six. Uh, you're from Michigan. It should only have taken like four and a half. And a half. <laughs> right. I flew there. It was like we hit a lot of traffic. That was an important hair to split. But um, we just drive fast. Speed limits are a suggestion. So in as Michigan. a startup, right? We love user apps. So we get an email. I get a push notification every time a user signs up. That is awesome. Okay. I love that. And the when we get converted users to paid, it's like a special ring. Oh yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. But uh, we're we're driving there, and we just start blowing up. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, and Kristen and I, uh, Kristen and I are right. Ones BD. The hell happened, you know? Right. Uh, so we're looking into it, and then uh, we thought, hey, maybe maybe something happened with, with right, right, right. It. You know, we've been chatting about stuff, so we contacted our um, person there, and sure enough, yeah, we were in the featured apps tab. So, so how, Alex, maybe you can chime in. How does that? Do you guys have somebody on the team who just says, hey, this is kind of a neat app, or they have? It's a little more than that, right? A little more than that. Um, we take a very data-driven approach about which apps we are pushing and recommending okay. to our customers. Um, we have um, something called the AQI, which is basically an algorithm that is taking in something like 120 different data points generated from our platform that would include things like average number of app reviews, yeah, review uh, like number of reviews, number of connections, yeah. um, uh, API calls um, that are failing, 
and that you know just as examples that gives us um, an opinion a point of view around what apps are working for our customers okay and um, so in this example you know we would have selected greenback as let's try this out the signals that we're seeing from the platform and the usage are those that merit us trying and see what happens and so that's one example of when we see those signals putting them um, as a featured app is one example but then we've got in product discovery right. we've got a whole bunch of right. and then programs that we start then once we start seeing those experiments are working and customers are connecting and not only connecting but they're staying with those connections then we push them uh. to the next level and so that would have been an example um, I like to think it was a surprise and delight moment for, for oh, Joe rather yeah. than a oh. lack of communication or not. <laughs> no, no, no. We were, no. We were ecstatic. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's what you want. <laughs> so that's interesting. So kind of all the planets sort of have to align. You have like a whole algorithm of like stuff that data points that you're looking at. So that's interesting because I had no idea. I didn't know if it was somebody who was like, oh, I think this is yeah, cool. we didn't know either. Actually, yeah. So, so that's kind that of interesting. Um we only have a couple minutes left. I only keep you guys. I know I've kept you a lot longer than I had originally planned. Um, new features for Greenback. Anything that you can't? I mean, sometimes you can't. What but can is there, you talk about what, that you can't talk about right now? I can't talk about our new feature. No. Uh, so at the show, um, so people love our app. Right. They love everything we do with uh, the 30 vendors that we supported. Right. And the main feedback we got was we want more. We want more vendors, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I always talk about quality over quantity. Um, so what we did uh, announce at this show is we do it at email. So okay. we go ahead and sync your Gmail, Office 365, IMAP accounts. Again, I don't want you to forward them. I think that's a lot of work. We use techniques to figure out if it's a receipt. Okay. So we skip all the personal emails. Okay. We bring ones that we think are receipts into our product, and then we go ahead and parse them. Okay. And the other cool thing we do is... Now, what if it's not something that should be there? Is Does it sit there and wait for us to do something, or do you automatically push it into QBO? Yeah, great question. So what we do is we have kind of a fallback method if it doesn't parse into like a rich format. Right. And we create a partial transaction, which is things that we guess. Okay. okay? Like grand total, date, vendor, All right. for example. Uh and then we have a workflow where you can convert them yourself. Okay. Just to kind of fill in the gaps if you want to. Right. And the other cool thing about our email, which makes it unique, is we combined our fetching with email parsing. So a lot of emails don't really have that much information in them, but there is a link in the email. Right. Like point of sale systems is a common one. If you buy something, maybe there's a link to the receipt. Right. We go ahead and crawl it. Oh. And that's actually uh, where we get a lot of rich data. Um, and it's it's where our fetching infrastructure kind of combines with our parsing uh, techniques, and it's a, it's a wow factor. I mean, when you see everything fly in, you don't even realize how many receipts are in the email. Well, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people don't, but trust me, I do. There's a lot of so, shit there. There is. And, you know, I think that's where it's heading. I mean, I think uh, in five years, I hope we're not taking pictures. I hope that goes by the way faxing. Right. Um, Although I still have some clients that fax. <laughs> it comes right to my email. Yeah. But, well, you know, whatever. Okay. You know, so, hang on. Ten years then? Uh, so, uh, 
no, I, I, you know, I, I think if you can, you know, Square Terminals, Clover, yeah. Toast, I mean, all new restaurants, all new coffee shops, this is how they do it. Yeah. And you, I think it's so awesome. You set it up, you get your email every time you go to a Square Terminal, boom, you're getting a receipt. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. That just comes in. So. I love it. Yeah. I have one more question for you. Um, do you, as, you guys are relatively new to the apps.com, right? I mean, we, yeah, I mean, we're only like a little over a year. Right. Year in. So it's pretty new. Pretty new. Do you have any advice? Well, this isn't the last question. This is the second to last question. Okay. Um, do you have any advice for any new developers coming into the platform? Yeah. You got to think about marketing ahead of time. Ah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you guys are talking about how picking apps, recommending yeah. pro, pro right. advisor picks, all that stuff. I will say as a entrance. And by that, do you mean like who, what is your target market? What's your ideal customer? Is that what you mean? Or yeah, just marketing plus, in general? Even if you have the greatest app idea in the world, how are you going to find the users for it? Yeah, they don't know They don't know that they need you. I mean, yeah, they don't know they, what they don't know. And the, the problem, the only problem I have with curation to some degree, and it affected us to, to, to some degree when we started, is it's almost like an echo chamber in some ways, you know, this app, this app, this app, and then no one can discover the small apps, which may actually be Which is be why better. I love the all so, apps view on right. apps.com. Because when we first launched our app, we were in the new apps section for maybe a week. Okay. And you got tons of sign-ups, and then you dropped off the new apps, nothing. Because you're not in that new app. So yeah. what we had to do is we had to go find QuickBooks users ourselves. Okay. You guys found me. We did. Mm -hmm. But we only did figure that out later, that... Um, that that's like, like a that's marketing a technique, yeah. actually. I mean, it's a, it's a way of trying to just get discovered. And then once you start getting traction, then it's a little easier. It kind of ramps up. kind of snowballs a little bit. It does. Yeah. But you got to be persistent and um, keep at it. I think that's a good advice in life. Okay, last question for you is how much does Greenback cost? Okay. And do you have, like, some kind of accountant portal? So we have three plans. Okay. There's actually a free plan. Okay. So for small users, we since we're all automated, right? We can pass on the savings. So we do have a pretty good free plan. Okay. For users, so if you're doing under a certain amount of transactions, honestly, our free plan's fine. We don't even want to try to make money off you. Okay. We'd like you to grow, and if you grow, great. Maybe you convert down the road. I love that. Yeah. Um, sort of a give to get. Yeah. And then uh, there's a $15 plan. Right. We don't charge per receipt. Um, again, we don't have any kind of like per receipt, costs. like not per transaction. Right. Yeah. So we again try to pass that on. Right. Um, and then we just introduced a fifty dollars plan. Okay. Which just has uh, phone support and some kind of white glove support, which nice. our higher volume users really kind of just you know they get an account manager, yeah. those kind of things. And that's fair. On the accountant side. Um, I don't know that you would need like an accountant portal, though. Really, we, we don't really need an accountant portal. We have account sharing on our product, which is how most accounts yeah. um, work with customers. And then we're looking at some Teams features down the road. But well, because what I'm thinking is, what would be nice is for me to be able to just have that as part of my practice, mm -hmm. and the client might not even know that I'm doing that, and just say, oh, "Hey, yeah. you know, I have this accountant, and I can just like uh, to use a really great example of is Chronobooks does this really, really well. Okay. I can sign up for an account with Chronobooks." And I can add as many QBO subs that I want to back up, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or accounts, as many QBO accounts as I want. So I can just offer that as a service. Oh, hey, we, we back up just, you know, for those clients who are freaked out about having right. 
you know, whatever. And so to, and it's like 10 bucks per, like it's like 10 bucks a month. I think I, I might be wrong. So I hope Nate, yeah. if I'm wrong, sorry. <laughs> um, but I think it's like $10 per, but that something like that would be really kind of cool to be able to say, okay, here, you don't have to worry about it. Yep. We got this all taken care of and it's just part of the service that we offer. And the client may not even ever know, the small business may never even know that that's, that's something that's connected. We're just pulling those transactions in and, and doing it that way. Yeah, we do have a, we, we do have that already in our product. Where, okay. Where, folk, where accounts can come in, they can pay for it on behalf or pass it through right. and they do it. And then they, the client has, they don't have to pay. I mean, right. They can just use the service and share but it. But is there like one place where we could go or do we, is it, because what I'm thinking is the login. Like, because there's some apps where it's very email driven. And right. so every, you have to, if I wanted to use a certain app, and manage that for each one of my clients, I'd have to have a different email address every time I yes. set it up. You, you can log into our product with one email address and then have manage multiple clients. Okay. That's all they I are know. all kind of grouped together right now, and that's what our team's future will do. It'll let you make workspaces. Okay, cool. And then you can just... All right. So that's kind of the clean version. And that'll come very soon. Okay, cool. So. Awesome. So I want to thank both of you. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was super short notice. I really appreciate it, Alex, and especially even shorter notice for you, Joe. Um, I want to take one minute and just thank our sponsor, which is Neat. Um, I also want to thank Intuit for just being an amazing, they support us all the time. Um, so always go to Neat and go to greenbeck.com. Uh, we will not see you. This is going to play Man, I don't know when this is going to play. So I will either see, here you guys, we'll be here next week or we won't. Okay. And so I want to thank you guys again. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'll give you guys the link when we're ready to go. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.